batter up. of the Batter Podcast, sponsored by the Dugout of Millwood here on the Sports Insanity Network. I am Mike Griffin. This is a little late, so here's how this show's going to work today. Recap the World Series. Um, We'll dive in to some new managerial hires. We're also going to... I'm also going to talk about the award season. Finalists were just announced. We'll go through each award. And then we're going to end the show by talking about a specific franchise that um, it's – let me just say this. I'm going to have fun at the end of the show. So uh, let, let's dive right in. Talk about the World Series first. Uh, the Texas Rangers beat the Arizona Diamondbacks four games to one, winning game five by score of five to nothing. Uh, it's the Rangers' first World Series championship in franchise history. And there's two people, there are three guys I want to give a lot of credit to. You know, I'll, I'll go full. The first guy you got to give credit to is Chris Young, the the general manager who built this team for the most part, made some savvy free agent signings and, and trades and was able to put together a very good roster uh, to win the World Series. Uh, the, the second person you, you got to give credit to is Nathan Avaldi. Um, Nathan Avaldi set a tone for a rotation that was without Jacob DeGrom most of the year uh, without Max Scherzer after he came over from the Mets. And Nathan Evaldi really took the ball by the horns, and, and he set an example. Him and Jordan Montgomery at the top of that rotation uh, did a phenomenal job uh, setting the tone for the Ranger rotation. And and he was really good in game five. Uh him and Zach, him and Zach Gallon went pitch for pitch. Zach Gallon was really good. The five, the five nothing scoring game five doesn't indicate how well Zach Gallon pitched. He had a no hitter going into the seventh inning. You know, you know that's how good Gallon was. Uh, the third guy you got to give credit to is Corey Seager uh, on another World Series MVP. That's second. Uh, and he sets the tone for them offensively. He hits second behind Simeon. But he's in a position where he sets the tone. 
He's him and Simeon are both finalists for AL MVP. Neither one should win it. That's a whole nother conversation we'll have later on in the show. But he sets the tone. He signed a three hundred million dollar contract. Excuse me, and, and guess what? He's lived up to it. You know, through two years. You know, he had it when he's healthy. He's a great player. Uh, he set the tone in game one with the game tying home run off Paul Seawald. And then Adolis Garcia walked it off. By the way, if Arizona wins game one, if Seawald doesn't give up the home run to Seager, changes the complexion of the series. Because then Arizona, you know, they go on to win game two. If Arizona goes up 2 nothing going home, we're even, we might be talking about the Arizona Diamondbacks here with, winning the World Series. So Seager, Avaldi, Christian, and the last guy you give credit to is Bruce Bochy. He's a Hall of Fame manager. He's out of the game for three years. He comes back, and, and all he does is win the World Series. He has become, in my opinion, when you look at decade-based manager managerial jobs, He's on the Mount Rushmore from the 2010s. You, you know, you're looking at him. You're probably looking at Terry Francona. You're, you're, you're probably looking at <sighs> trying to think of who else you'd put on for the 2010s, but, but you understand the point. All he does is win. And he set a tone from spring training on, this is how we're going to operate. Well, here they are. The Texas Rangers are your 2023 World Series champs. Uh, they have an interesting offseason ahead of them. Like I mentioned, what happens with Jordan Montgomery? He's a free agent. Uh, he was a huge piece for them winning the World Series. I think my ultimate question is, what is Bruce Bochy's plan? What's Bruce Bochy's plan? Is Bruce Bochy going to be the manager of this team for the next four or five years? Or is this going to be he's here for – two to three years, and then, you know, he, he'll, he'll go to the side. He'll, he'll go side. I don't know. Um, I'm intrigued by it. Texas is here to win. Uh, they're here to win for for now. You know, they'll have a Jacob DeGrom back next year at some point. They'll have – maybe they'll have a healthy Max Scherzer next year. They hope. You know, and then you have a Simeon. You have a Garcia, Seager. Uh, Jonah Heim and Josh Young are coming off of really good years. This is a good baseball team, and they're going to be built for the long uh, long haul right now. So they're going to be around for a while. I'm not sure about the Diamondbacks, though, uh, on the flip side. They got hot at the right time. Uh, they, they beat up the Brewers. They swept the Dodgers, which nobody saw coming. They beat the Phillies in game six and game seven in Philadelphia. That's impressive. And look, they were competitive in this series with the, the Texas Rangers. They really were. You know, if you go back and, and look at, you know, the series, you know, game game one, they lose 6-5 and 11. If Seawall closes the door in the ninth, they win. They win game two. Game three, they lose 3-1. to one. I mean, game four was a blowout, but they fought back to make it 11-7. And, and, and even game five, 
You know, the score was five nothing. Zach Gallon was throwing a no hitter through, had a no hitter into the seventh. You know, offensively they're a little, they were a little light in the series. You know, Ketel Marte had a, a really good playoff. Corbin Carroll, inconsistent, but you know he came through when he had to. They missed Christian Walker. Did not have a great playoff. He didn't have a great World Series. Um, you know, and and that was kind of the big bet they're missing. They were missing uh, the kid. They have a catcher, Moreno. He's going to be a stud for them. Alec Thomas had a phenomenal playoff run for them. I do think they can use another middle of the order bat. I think that would help them. And then there, there there's one other thing, and it, and it bothers me throughout baseball. There's been a devalued. We we talk about devaluation. The devalue, devaluedness. I hope I'm using that right. At the running back position when we're talking football, I think starting pitching's become devalued in baseball because look at what happened in Game Four. The Diamondbacks and Rangers both wanted to go with a bullpen game instead of using regular starting pitchers. And here's the thing. And I get it. You're going to have Gallon go game five, Merrill Kelly game six. And then you're setting up for Brandon Fott to pitch game seven. And he, and he was really good in uh, game seven against Philly. But I think you, you we need to realize the, these bullpen games were invented by these smaller market clubs to kind of ease away from some starting pitchings. And usually there's a bulk guy in there who will eat three, four innings. It's not a different pitcher every inning. Which, by the way, if you're playing the next day, how does your bull- your bullpen's going to be a little bit compromised? Um, so I don't love the idea of a bullpen game in the playoffs. I think it's utterly ridiculous, personally. Go get another starting pitcher. If you're Arizona, I, I'm not saying you have to go to the top of the food chain and, and sign Aaron Nola this offseason, the six years and 240 million bucks. That's not what I'm saying. You have Zach Gallon, clear top of the rotation guy. Merrill Kelly, good. He's fine as a number two. If you want to sign a guy who could be a maybe a number three starting pitcher, and then maybe you could slot Brandon Fott down to four. Okay, now we've got something. Or, or even a guy, a veteran guy who you could slot into the back end of the rotation. I'll tell you a guy right now, if I'm Arizona, I would consider buying low on because of that's how the, they operate. What about a guy like Luis Severino? I, I'd be buying low. He's got some playoff experience. You know, So I'm just at the point where if I'm the Diamondbacks, maybe that's – but this is a baseball problem as a whole. This is not a – this is not a situation of where I'd want to be. That's where I'm at. I, I think bullpen games in the playoffs are stupid.
So, so that's where I'm at. The World Series, it was a fun series. I, I saw the ratings were down for the World Series. I want to say this. Then people don't like baseball. Uh, the Texas Rangers have star power with Seager, Simeon, Bruce Bochy brings star power. The Arizona Dimebacks bring a great story with them. So people don't want to watch it because they are salty. If people don't watch it, that's because they don't have interest. But I I want people to be interested. This isn't an East Coast, West Coast thing. You know, I watch the World Series every year because I enjoy baseball. The Dimex were a great story. Texas, great story because of Bruce Bochy. I get it. You may not have a rooting interest, but let's have some love for the game. Let's get the ratings back up. It doesn't always have to be the Dodgers or this team every year. It doesn't. The World Series was fun. It was competitive. And people wouldn't know about it because they didn't watch. And that's a shame. All right. So we have that. We have the World Series being done. We also have managerial hires. And where we're going first is we're going to start with the New York Mets, who have hired Yankees bench coach Carlos Mendoza to be their new manager. Uh, it is on, it's officially unofficial. So here's here's what what, what I'm going to say. I know nothing about Carlos Mendoza. I just know he he was the bench coach for the Yankees. And by all accounts – People love him. Um, I think Andy Martino of SNY had people tell him how beloved he was. Uh, You know, Brian Cashman said some things about him that was, you, you know, good. Aaron Boone talked about how he's always prepared. Um, you know, Aaron Boone said this. This is the quote as him. He, uh, Aaron Boone told, uh, Martino, he's the real deal. He's smart, tough, prepared, and works his butt off and a very loyal person. He has a great family, and I can count on him always. Continues to go on. He has grown in the job. He's earned this opportunity. Smelling the winds over the last month, I thought he was going to get one of these shouts because people were seeing what I have seen. The only thing people could say that it is that he doesn't have the experience, but he has managed in the minors. He's been a bench coach. He has managed in the minors. It's done winter ball. He's more than paid his dues. Close quote. 
So that's Aaron Boone to Andy Martino on Carlos Mendoza. Um, two, two, two thought processes here. There are th- really three balls I haven't first to do first. Okay, he's getting an opportunity. Um, I can't sit here and say, I hate the hire, I hate this part, I hate that part. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to be. So I'm okay with not – I'm okay with that part. I'm okay with not no. As long as the rest of the coaching staff is – or you put him with a veteran bench coach, there's going to be one exception to that rule. I don't want Gabe Kapler near my team. I don't want Gabe Kapler near the team. Uh, I don't care if it's Phil Nevin as the bench coach. You know who I'd love to be the bench coach? I don't know if it'll happen. Um, Would Ron Washington take the bench coaching job uh, slash third base coaching job? I'd hire Ron Washington. Uh, So so the next part of this comes – is he a better fit the Buck show? David Stern's wanted to hire his own guy. So I can't sit here and tell you that Mendoza's going to be better than what Buck was to this team. This is David Stern's hire. And I'm not going to judge David Stern's off this one hire. Uh, I have a whole winter to judge all the moves he's going to make for this team before I, I, I can actually put a letter grade to it or an excitement level to this team. Um, you know, am I disappointed that it's not Craig Council? To a degree, sure. Um, but we'll get into Craig Council in a minute. Um, but look, Mendoza's going to get a chance here. We'll see what happens. Uh, you know, the Mets played this one very close to the vest, which I kind of like. Uh, everyone knew they wanted Council. Everyone knew they wanted certain degrees. But this is going to be – listen, people are going to judge David Stearns. He, he's he's front and center on this now. So they're going to have to – we're going to have to wait and see what happens. You know, so so Mendoza comes in, which means Craig Council's out. Well, Craig Council was not out of a job for long. Um because he decided to take his talents from Milwaukee to Chicago. He's new manager of the Cubs. He's also the highest paid manager in the history of baseball. I have two I, – I, listen, first of all, it's a home run hire by the Cubs. Craig Council's going to do a fine job. But this is two things. One, now there's pressure on Cubs ownership and the GM, Jed Hoyer. They have to spend – they have to spend some money here. And they've spent previous offseasons. Sia Suzuki got paid. Dansby Swanson got paid. They're going to have to go in here and, and make some big moves this offseason because that has to be the follow-up to Craig Council. Um, where I would go if I were them, I would look at third base. Maybe Matt Chapman's a guy they like. Uh you know, I, I know they played Wisdom there some. Uh, you know, they played Nico Horner kind of everywhere, but he's I really like him at second. Um, 
And they're going to need a guy in the rotation. Marcus Stroman opted out of his contract. Uh, not sure they're going to bring him back. So, so that's a part of that process too. So, but there's one part of the Cubs deal that I don't like. Is they fired David Ross after the hiring of council. I just don't think you did David Ross any. I think you did David Ross dirty by doing that, to be honest with you. If you knew you were interested in Greg Council, now I get it. You can't guarantee you were going to get him as your manager. But you should have fired David Ross then earlier in the process. And then you, you could have just went for Greg Council. Instead, they just hire Council and then, oh, David Ross, you're gone. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's sneaky. Um, I I feel bad for David Ross in that spot, to be honest with you. Now, is Craig Council an upgrade over David Ross? 135%. He's an upgrade over David Ross. But I just feel like you're doing David Ross wrong at that point. Because then people are going to say, well, you fired David Ross. You can get Council. What's next? Well, there are other guys. You could hire Buck Showalter. You could hire, you know, maybe a Ron Washington, someone like that. If you want to go old school, if you are looking more of a new school, I'm sure there are guys available. I, I don't love that business by the Cubs. The council part is an A+. The way they went about the David Ross situation, though, for me, I don't like it. I, I feel that's a disservice to a guy who deserved a little bit more respect. Uh, has done the most with a team that, you know, over the years hasn't had great expectations. He won, he helped win a World Series for you as a player. So, yeah, I don't necessarily love that. So, that the that's managerial process. We're still waiting on some others. Uh, the Angels... Uh, although there's been reports today that they, they're coming down to the end. Uh, the Astros are waiting on, you know, and now, now obviously the Brewers. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see on those. We'll, we'll have to wait and see on what those guys do. We'll pro- hopefully cover that um, next next week now now we're going to talk award finalists uh, and we'll go through who I think should win these awards uh, these are your regular manager year, rookie of the year MVP, Cy Young, etc etc um, so from this is from Fox Sports uh, we'll do the American League first then we will do the National League Your candidates are Tanner Bibby of the Guardians, Tristan Cassis of the Red Sox, and Gunnar Henderson of the Orioles. This is for Rookie of the Year. Listen, I got to tell you, I I would go Gunnar Henderson for what he meant to the Orioles. I got to tell you, Tristan Cassis has a really interesting argument for Boston. Uh, He's a first baseman of the future, big-time power. I, I think that would be his case. But Gunnar Henderson, the year the Orioles had, Gunnar Henderson was a huge part of that. 
He would be my rookie of the year. Uh, manager of the year, you have Bruce Bochy of the Rangers, Kevin Cash of the Rays, and Brandon Hyde of the Orioles. This is this to me is a slam dunk. Um, it's Brandon Hyde. Uh, listen, I, I love Bruce Bochy and what he did for Texas. I love Kevin Cash and what he's done for the Rays. The Orioles won 101 games. They had the best record in the American League. Texas was really good, and they spent money on guys who were really good. The Rays have been good for a number of years. The Orioles, this young up-and-coming team, won 101 games. I'm going Brandon Hyde as your AL manager. I, I don't personally. I don't think it should be that close. All right, Cy Young. You have Garrett Cole of the Yankees, Kevin Gosman of the Blue Jays, and Sonny Gray of the Minnesota Twins. It's Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole's winning the AL Cy Young. It's not close. Uh, led the league in strikeouts. Pitched a lot of gems for a Yankee team that wasn't very good. We will get to them in a few minutes. Uh, but but Garrett Cole is your AL Cy Young Award winner, in my mind. And then you have MVP. You have Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager of the Rangers versus Shohei Otani of the Angels. Again, I think this one's easy, too. It's Otani. Nobody does what Shohei Otani does. And listen, Marcus Simeon had a great year. Corey Seager had a great year. Shohei Otani was still hitting with a torn UCL. He was still doing his thing. He still hit over 40 homes. He still drove in 100 RBIs. He still pitched his butt off for the Angels. Otani is the definition of the most valuable player. Your AL MVP in 2023 has to be Shohei Otani. And if it is not Shohei Otani, there is going to be somebody on this podcast who's going to rip the people who voted for this. I won't tell you who it is, but it'll be me. So, for the American League Rookie of the Year, Gunnar Henderson, Manager of the Year, Brent Hyde, Cy Young, Garrett Cole, MVP Otani. Nationally, Rookie of the Year, you have Corbin Carroll, James, uh, Corbin Carroll of the Diamondbacks, James Outman of the Dodgers, and Kodak Senga of the Mets. First of all, James Outman, tremendous baseball name. You're out, man. Um, I think there's a really good argument I can make for Kodai Senga um, for what he meant to the Mets this year. Uh, and, and he delivered on a big-time note. But it's going to go to Corbin Christmas, Carol. I, I really think we need to start divvying up Rookie of the Year as opposed to – one for a position player, one for a pitcher. Uh, I just think, kind of like we do with MVP and Cy Young, it's very rare to see a pitcher win MVP. So let's give rookie pitchers their due as well. And, and you say rookie of the year pitching side is this person. Um, but Kodai Singh has got a real valid argument, but it's going to be Carroll. Uh, he had a great year for the Diamondbacks, power-wise. Stole a ton of bases. And an Arizona team that, you know, got made a big-time run into the World Series. Should note, didn't mention this before, Tori Lovell got a contract extension with the Diamondbacks. 
well deserved. So shout out Tori Lovello a- after that run. Uh, manager of the year in the National League, Craig Council, formerly of the Brewers, uh, now the Cubs, Brian Snitker of the Braves, and Skip Schumacher of the Miami Marlins. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Skip Schumacher. Uh, I I would go Craig. I would have no issue if it's Craig Council. Because I thought the Brewers were going to take a step back this year. They didn't. I, I might have been a year early on that one. Um, but I don't think anyone saw the Marlins coming this year. Um, and they did it without Sandy Alcantara being the Cy Young Award winner he was last year. They they scored some runs. They did, They were able to do some things. I, I, I would go Schumacher here for NL Manager of the Year. I think Brian Snitker, we knew the Braves would be good. But I would go I'd go skip Schumacher. And in reality, I'm a little disappointed they didn't put Rob Thompson on here. Uh, I thought Rob Thompson for Philly deserves to be in this conversation too. Um, or Tory Lavello. You could have put Tory Lavello in here. You could have put David Bell in this conversation with the job he did with the Reds. Um, but of these three, I'm, I'm going to go skip Schumacher. Uh, Cy Young, you got Blake Snell of the Padres, Logan Webb of the Giants, and Zach Gallon of the Diamondbacks. Uh, a little surprised Justin Steele's not here. A little surprised Spencer Strider's not here. Uh, it's going to be Snell. Blake, Blake Snell won, I think, won 20, 20 games. Um, you know, and he, and he was constant for the Padres all year, and and a dismal year for the Padres. But look at that; it's a contract year for Blake Snell. So uh, we'll see what he does. But I think Blake Snell gets this, uh, gets Cy Young. Um, I, I didn't think Logan Webb was really a Cy Young candidate, but here we are. And Zach Gallon had a really good year for the Diamondbacks. I, I I would not be upset if Zach Gallon won the award. And then NL MVP. It's a triple threat match. It's it's Ronald Acuna, it's Mookie Betts, it's Freddie Freeman. And, and honestly, I think I could say this with all certainty, Freddie Freeman is going to be third. And Matt Olsen's probably going to be fourth. So it becomes down to Acuna versus Betts. I, I've taken a leg on each part of it. I'm going to go Acuna. The guy stole 70 bases. Um, guy had an unreal year. You can't go wrong either way. But I would go Acuna. So, Corbin Carroll will win Rookie of the Year. Schumacher for Manager of the Year. Snell for Cy Young. And Ronald Acuna is your NL MVP. When we find out those awards, you know, we'll bring it to you. So, here, here's what I'm going to end with today. Brian Cashman and Hal Steinbrenner to an extent. Brian Cashman got very testy uh, on Tuesday afternoon at the general manager's meetings. And one of the things Brian Cashman discussed, or a lot of things he discussed, he goes, well, 
The Yankees have been pretty effing good. Um, you know, he, he talked about players like Joey Gallo and Sonny Gray, guys he had who d- didn't live up to par in New York but played well elsewhere. Uh, you know, he, he said some things. First of all, Brian Cashman, the Yankees weren't pretty effing good. They, you were 82 and 80 this year. Uh, 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 let's pump the brakes on pretty good. And as for Sonny Gray and Joe Yallo, he, you know, he talked about, oh, they were picked up by playoff teams, and, and I think Sonny Gray's in it, uh, Cy Young conversation. But guess what, Brian? They were good when they weren't playing for you. And listen, Joey Gallo, Joey Gallo's a different story. He, he's never going to hit for a high average. He's going to hit a lot of home runs, and he's going to straight. That's who Joey Gallo is. That's where we're at. Sonny Gray has pitched well everywhere he was, minus New York. But these are still guys you acquired, and they didn't do – they didn't help you. Now, but these aren't the only two. Aaron Hicks? How the, how's the Aaron Hicks contract looking? How about the Josh Donaldson deal? How'd that one work out? Carlos Rodon this year, how'd that work out? Brian Cashman got very testy because Brian Cashman looked like he was going to battle someone who was bothering him on Twitter. That that is the best way I could describe this. Because there's no argument anymore. The year is 2023. We're going to enter 2024. The New York Yankees have not played in a World Series game in 15 years. Starting next year. It'll be since 2009 that the New York Yankees have not played in a World Series game. And you know who's got to get blamed for it? Not the players. Not Joe Girardi. Not Aaron Boone, despite my dislike of Aaron Boone. But you. You've been the GM for over 20 years. And you don't get an ounce of criticism. But the minute the criticism starts, Brian Cashman, you get very defensive about it. Why Brian Cashman gets defensive about it? Because he hears the outside noise. He hears the outside noise. He knows people talk about him on talk radio in New York. He knows people on social media are talking about him and how he puts together this really mediocre team. And he has to defend himself. But you don't do it. This is the part where you don't do it. This is an area the general manager means not the place for you to defend yourself. And again, I'm going to lump in the Mets here for a second. When the Mets were not playing well in, in, in the summer, we didn't want to hear from Bach. We didn't want to hear from Billy Epler. We heard from Steve Cohen. Directly, And Steve Cohen talked directly to the Met fan and said, we're going to try to turn this thing around. I believe in Buck. I believe in Billy. I believe in this whole thing. Brian Cashman 
or Hal Steinberg need to hold a press conference, not on Zoom and not going on to the Michael K show where, you know, maybe they get a couple of softballs here and there. Talk to the media. Talk to the Yankee fan directly and say, listen, we get it. We're the New York Yankees. We're supposed to win the world, be in the World Series conversation every freaking year. But instead, we're not. We're finishing right. We finished this year in fourth place. That's unacceptable. If George Steinbrenner was alive today, would he have dealt with the Yankees finishing in fourth place this year? No. No, he wouldn't. He'd sign Shohei Otani to an $800 million contract tomorrow. He would do whatever it took to win. And that's where we're at. And listen, you can talk about analytical. You're not analytically driven. I don't care if you're Brian Cashman or if you're your house. You're not analytically driven. You're the New York bleeping Yankees. You have millions and millions and millions of dollars to go out and spend. By the way, you want to talk about deals that haven't worked? Look at Giancarlo Stanton. Four years and $88 million left on that. And then Hal Steimer talked to reporters on Zoom. You know, they talked about bring back bunting and bring back small ball, whatever it is. I got to tell you, the New York Yankees are crumbling. Excuse me. They're crumbling. Hal Steinbrenner can't live with the pressure. Brian Cashman can't live under the pressure. And Aaron Boone is the guy who's left high and dry in this whole situation. Because the Yankees have to do something this offseason. What they do, I don't know. Are they going to be in on the big names in free agency? Probably. Probably because that's where they should be. But I'm not sure they're going to get anywhere. Listen, let me tell you something. If the Yankees don't wind up this offseason with a couple of different things, fan base is going to turn, and they're going to turn quick. So a lot of pressure on Hal and a lot of pressure on Brian Cashman. And I, for one, very happy to be rooting for the normal team in Queens for once, normal team in New York for once, rather. All right, that'll do for this edition of the Batter Up Podcast here on the Sports Insanity Network, sponsored by the Dugout of Millwood. Check out this podcast, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com for great blogs, vlogs, planes, trains, and automobiles. A little bit of a preview. Myself and the old ops guy are going to do kind of a free agency preview thing before the winter meetings. Uh, once we get that up and ready to go, we'll knock that out. You guys can check it out. We're also going to cover the winter meetings extensively. So those are some things to look forward to. But until next time, thank you for tuning in to Batter Up. 
here on the Sports Insanity Network, sponsored by the Dugout of Millwood. I'm Mike Rifkin, and I will talk to you guys next time. What's going on, everyone? Lawrence Patchman Lang here, president of the Sports Insanity Network, just reminding you to go to our website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork, where you can read everyone's blogs here on the network and also find about the history of the Sports Insanity Network.